as you see. We haven't even started recording. Hello and welcome to Extreme Tasting League Scotch Edition. I'm your host, Dave. I'm Perrin. And I'm Thedius. And I have a cold. And so I'm going to be partly useless tonight, but... Like uh, usual. I was going to say, where's the, where's the tonight joke? But, you know, as is our move, we have guests. And so while Dave gets the first pour, which he's still not told me what it's going to be, uh, they can use themselves. Yeah, I know, right? I'm Scott. Oh, my name's Tyler. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> and uh, you gentlemen Invisible are... world of listeners. Yes. <laughs> you, 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 you gentlemen are here for a specific reason beyond tasting of the scotch. You uh, we are? Well, yes. Uh, why are you here? Yes. The organ donation. <laughs> oh, yes, that's why. <laughs> no, no, that's the reason you don't tell them there. Oh, that's oh, after, after the, the show. Acting. I keep forgetting. This is the during the show reason, Perrin. Right, right, right. Timing. Now, the true story is that uh, we both worked for a, a coffee company in St. Paul, Minnesota called True Stone Coffee Roasters. So we kind of figured, you know, palates, liquids, flavors, kind of goes together. Coffee and scotch, scotch are a classic yeah. pairing. They're pretty much the <laughs> like, same. They're like shortbread and yeah, scotch. You, you mix them together, and it's just great. I can hardly tell the difference. <laughs> oh, this is exciting. <laughs> every, every morning at work, I'm, when I drink my coffee, I hope I'm getting I mean, hammered. I mean, this scotch is the same color as our coffee, so it's fine. <laughs> Yeah, oh, you want some? <laughs> That's the same color as my pee after the coffee. You, yes, add, yeah. you add caramel coloring to your coffee? <laughs> Interesting. That's, um... No, we do not. <laughs> it's an unusual choice. What What are we drinking? Oh, yeah, for our listeners at home. <laughs> we are drinking the Glenmorangie to Sale Private Edition. So, well, so, so the reason we're having this one now is, is the Glenmorangie is um, one of those labels that you, you've heard us do several pours from before. Um, Prolific. They're not as bad as, as Brulotti. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they've had this, this private stock thing going on. Um, and I think we've done the Finalta out of that before. I don't know if the Compante was in that or not. I imagine it was. So now we've got two sale, and there's another one that has come out since we went shopping. So um, it's, it's Glen Morangi. Uh huh. And they're they're doing a whole bunch. It's like they're releasing one a quarter. It seems like I thought it was going to be a yearly or maybe bi-yearly thing, but no. Yeah. And my chair is making more noise than usual, so this is going to be a fun edit for me later. My life. Don't move. My life. I swear. God. All right. Well, so uh, it's a fairly typical color, kind um, of a golden. It's a straw. Um, straw. Uh, we're, I mean, it's not a particularly dark, not a particularly we, light. We've wandered into to light amber territory. We're yeah. past straw. It, it is a lighter whiskey that I've mm-hmm. seen in a while. I mean, it reminds me of like a white one. I was joking about caramel coloring, and it's not. It's not. Doesn't look like they, you know, went a little crazy. No, not crazy. There's probably a touch, but I guess we won't know for sure until we read. But mm. it smells like Glenmorangie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, even when I haven't enjoyed the taste of a Glenmorangie, I've always enjoyed the nose. Yeah. Mm, the Aster still kind of kicked our asses well, a little bit, but okay. that, was, that, was, that was an exception. That was the, the cast strength, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, um, well, okay. Cast strength nosing is yeah, always an adventure. That one, that one was pretty potent. So, I'm getting apple. I was getting <laughs> citrus um, myself. I, I'm serious, though. I'm getting apple. You know, yeah. Oddly enough, I'm getting a bit a bit of an earthiness, almost like a banana note in there. Ooh, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. And maybe a hint of vanilla as well. 
Yeah, I'm definitely yeah, the, the yeah. vanilla is. The citrus was there in the in the first couple of noses, but I, as as I passed in and out, the 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 citrus is gone, and the apple and the banana have taken over. Banana. Yeah. What I like um, that happens after an initial pour of any kind of liquid is you get the first aromatics that sort of hits you right away, and then as it kind of airs out and breathes a little bit, you uncover this whole secret layer like underneath it. Yeah. Now, now is there a special um, cup or or glass for coffee snorting? For snorting, well, okay, well, yeah, hundred dollar bill usually. Technical term is snorting. Okay. No. Um, when <laughs> usually we use ceramic cups. Really? Um, yeah, and it's a uh, like there's a specific ratio when you're evaluating coffee that you use. Um, can't remember it off the top of my head. It's like ten grams of coffee to fifteen. No, that's not right. I'm not gonna say it like that. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's a ceramic cup. We use glass sometimes when we run out. It's really doesn't matter it, too is much there as something... long as it retains heat. To a certain oh, degree. Oh, that's true. Okay, that makes a lot more. I was, I was like, why? What about the ceramics? Is a is a, it gives you a benefit? And I'm like, oh, 15 grams heat. to 10 ounces of water. That heat. Is the, I forgot. I'm not used to thinking heat <laughs> yeah. when I'm drinking. The, the main thing is that they all look the same. Though. They all are the same. Just so that as your that's what Teresa always says. She always stresses to me that all the glasses oh, are the same yeah. for cupping. So that as you're mm. going around tasting every one, right. there's no external things changing your. Which is why, as cheap and cheesy as they are, we continue to use these IKEA glasses since Num Nuts over here decided he didn't like the mini brandy sniffers that I oh. bought specifically for the show. Hate those things. He can't I, have his nose in the that, glass that was, at the same time. I, I, I enjoy. I got them. four different Scotch tasting glasses for Christmas. Four different sets. Uh, two different. Sorry, two different sets of two each. Right. So now Are I they different shapes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they pair with specific types of. No, I think they just different people <coughs> have different opinions about the best. Um, mm-hmm. Air quote uh, uh, for for different for tasting scotches. Um, I mean, like any anything you're trying to get the aromatics for, mm-hmm. it has to have enough room for there to be sort of the, the air volume. Mm-hmm. But I've seen a couple different designs, and I have I am nowhere near educated enough to know why one, not the other. Right. Yeah, to me, a, a flat tumbler is just perfect. Sure. I just grab the bottle and chug it. Or I, I'm still fond of the brandy snifter, but that's because I like having, you know, that whole cup the the main of the glass good. between a couple of fingers. Just kinda, it, it, it's a pretentious as a holding the glass, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. I think it's something really sweet. Yeah, definitely sweeter on the on the initial. It's getting a little burn, a little alcohol on the end, but not bad. I'm getting some floral. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's like a hoppy bitterness to me. That's the sort of floralness that I'm tasting right now. I'm, I'm getting a vague rose, and I'm. Yeah, I, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, and I'm. I'm curious. You know, since obviously you do a lot of tasting and and smelling and everything with coffee, what are the ranges of scents that you get out of coffee? I I'm. Um, it's vast, really. There's okay something like. 4,000 aromatic compounds in coffee or chemical compounds that create like smell or flavor. It's an extremely complex kind of thing. So we're getting okay. everywhere from like, you know, the vaguest like floral perfumey all the way through the fruits and then the like savory and chocolates and then through the kind of burnt, like more acrid bitterness notes that you get towards the end. Okay. So it's, I mean, it's it almost is, anything. It is can, a broad range. Well, I mean, because right. I, yeah, I drink coffee, I enjoy coffee, but mm-hmm. I. 
and you know, well, you I, know the coffee you like, and that's no, I, I like the coffee I'm able to get. That, that's <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, I'm I'm in the I I learned to drink coffee while I was in the army because that's what you, yeah, and, yeah, and what you drink in the right. I believe I had somebody explain to me the coffee in the army qualifies as Joe, but nothing like it goes. Joe, Java, yeah, I, there was a whole series of <laughs> description, and then coffee in the army was the lowest, the lowest level one. Yeah. That's really fun. I, I, I learned that well, scale. I imagine yeah. it's not too unlike just any kind of connoisseurship. You know, like, yeah. if, if, like, a layman <coughs> drinks whiskey, they're like, oh, this tastes like what I think whiskey tastes like. But the more you dive into it, the more you start to discover the nuances within that ballpark. And it's the same with coffee, like. To most people, coffee just tastes like coffee, but if you, like, spend the time to really get in there and explore it and do it every day or whatever, you know, smell it all the time, work with it, yeah. you can discover what the range actually is. Like, to I've, a point that's kind of hard to s- describe to someone who doesn't know. Like, I've only been working at Truso for about six months now, and I'm, I'm also a technician, so, like, I'm not on the side of the tasting the coffee and choosing all that. So, little bit by little bit, I am training my palate, but not nearly as much as, like, Tyler here. And so... Like you're saying, like the first time I came in, I'm like, yeah, all this coffee is just coffee. That's mm, great. Coffee? Yeah. Coffee? But now coffee. I definitely like know which ones I like above other ones, and I'm getting a little bit more like, oh, this one tastes mm-hmm. a little more caramely or something. So, And I think Bruce was saying this is definitely a citation needed, but like as far as the chemical compounds that release uh, aromas and whatnot, like wine... There's like a couple hundred in wine mm-hmm. generally, but like in coffee, there's thousands. And so like, I'm not trying to like talk down wine tasting and smells, <laughs> but <laughs> the pedestrian hacks. <laughs> Where I had five out here. There were five. I did see five. Okay. Hey, count. One, two, three. All right. Handshake. <laughs> and I have made my water disappear. A little bit of pepper at the very end. Uh-huh. It's such a light, clean body, though. Yeah. Yeah, it's... I'm really impressed with that. I mean, it just washes down so nicely. Inoffensive, but not in the damned by faint praise kind of Right, way. yeah. I mean, there have been some inoffensive scotches that I've had where you're just like, eh. No, it's, this one's nice and clean, and it's got, it's got some good flavors in it, mm-hmm. and that's, that's really nice. Yeah, I'm going to say that the cold is affecting me. The palate I'm not getting too much on, mm-hmm. but... I'm getting the sense that for a Glenmorangie, I'm going to like this one a little bit more than yeah. some of the ones we've had on recently. Now, as for the adding of the water, sure. Um, I put it in the cap because I've had some unfortunate water incidents where you're like, I'll just put a drip. Oh, crap. <laughs> and um, other people are like, and they, yeah. you know. I, I do it by hand. Dave, Dave has learned that the cap is good. I've always enjoyed like the, the pouring into the cap. There's something like childlike about it. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of drinking Coke when I was like eight. <laughs> and as for the amount, it's all there, the taste. There, yeah, there is no other than probably not going overboard, especially <laughs> since Glenmorangie is a a lighter. Mm-hmm. Strong it's fortunate water, to be on a water. drinking <laughs> show and forget how to drink. It. Yeah, smooth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> done that a couple of times myself. But this one's that starts out at forty six. So really, yeah. I'm. That was pretty soft for forty. That was a very mild. 46. Yeah, I would have. I was guessing forty, forty-two, given us. Yeah. One of those. What is the uh, percentage alcohol by volume? Oh, so that was a ninety-two, so 92 proof. Yeah. And eighty to eighty-four is kind of the standard. And usually, if you get a forty-six percent, you're like, oof. Mm-hmm. Um, 
That was surprisingly mild. So do you guys know, as far as temperature goes, what the ideal temperature to consume scotch is? Because <laughs> temperature is a really big part of coffee tasting, and it Ours, ours has generally been, for consistency sake, we do the room temperature of my house, which I am pretty consistent about keeping it at about a 71, 72. Okay. I've not really read anything. I, I know for myself there have been some that I have certainly not liked at room temperature, and then I stuck them in the fridge, and I like them worlds better. The The experience I've had is I when you cool them, they tend to not be as volatile for obvious reasons, and the, I find the taste is a little reduced. Other, your experience may vary, but... I mean, the, the nose generally yeah. softens because without the alcohol evaporating as right. much, there's less to carry. The alcohol itself is subdued a little bit on the palate because it's colder. And again, Fionn's um, nose, not being most of your sense of taste. Uh, there's not really anything that says right or wrong, but typically nobody refrigerates whiskey right yeah um you know it's it's a colored liquor so you it's not like vodka where you freeze it and get it as cold as possible some people will will drop ice or stones you know and that'll cool it but it's it's not going to get it really that cold it just gets it you know in 50s well the reason to drop ice in is because you want to water it down right and people say good and bad things about whiskey stones and it really has to do with how much you're drinking and how big your whiskey stone is, really, and whether or not you like your your whiskey cool. So that's that's really it. It's you know, do you like your your drink? Do you want your beverage cold or do you want your beverage room temperature? Right. So, I, and you know, and it also I would <clears throat> I would argue it also depends if you're what you're eating with eating or drinking or not drinking but eating with it. So, you know, if you're eating a lot of things that are chilled while you're drinking scotch, having the scotch chilled just personally seems a little overkill yeah. I mean, and vice versa. So, I mean, it's, it's to preference. You know, the nose on this with water is, it's, it's more subdued. It's not very mellow, but the banana really yeah. goes out mm -hmm. and it's a, it's a nice, like very ripe banana, not, not quite overripe, but just like that perfect ripeness where you really want to eat the banana. What I taste the citrus a, a bunch more now that it's watered down a bit. I mean, what do you call that? The adding of the water does it have a specific term? Just, just calling it wet or like, yeah, the, the, the the adding <laughs> the act of adding it itself is, is we generally refer to as kissing it with water, but that's that's you know a house term that's not even necessarily like yeah, respected to, outside of the bounds of my I, house. I've usually heard you know neat and wet. Okay, yeah. so that brings me to another question because I've always been. I'm always a little embarrassed to order whiskey at a bar because it has, there's, there's like the neat, the straight up, you know, like there's seems to be several different terms that one might use to order whiskey somewhere. And like, if you order scotch, like what's the difference between neat and straight up, I guess. Uh, nothing except that neat is how you order scotch and straight up is how you order shit from the rail. Okay. <laughs> Technically, I think I, I, I was recently in the Amsterdam and they explained to me for them they do have a difference to what it is. Really? I always heard there was a slight one. I don't remember, I don't what, remember it is. what it is. Rocks obviously has ice, so that, yeah, that, that, one, can, that was pretty sure. much a given. As I, I think was um, Dave was starting, though, if you order scotch, you're going to get it neat mm -hmm. as the default. Mm, they will ask, um, they'll go, oh, the rocks. They may ask, 
but they're asking in my the way I've always interpreted good it, bar. you're asking if you want to add something. The default is neat. At a good bar, the default is neat. Fair enough. Unless it's a blend. Well, yeah, but then it's not a good bar. Well, if you just, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, did I come off as pretentious? If you, <laughs> if, if, Asshole and pretentious. If, 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 Excellent. If you walk over the bar and just order a scotch, they're going to give you a blend unless you say otherwise. Yeah, well, so, yes, but Johnny Walker Red is going to be like fucking turpentine. Uh-huh. I I think they just scoop it out of the the. The slop, <laughs> slop trough, and you know, here's your black cherry in it or something. <laughs> yeah, oh, you go, oh god, <laughs> the special Manhattan. I think I had next that sounded like that. <laughs> now, from um, uh, Monsters Inc., I've got my eye on you, Wazowski. Yeah, Rob, <laughs> here's your scotch. <laughs> well, I have to say. Wet, for whatever reason, for me, brought out more of the uh, alcohol burn. Mm-hmm. I'm not... It's not as bad. I mean, it's not... For me, most of the time, I don't prefer wet. It loses the things that I like about scotch. But I, and this is not my preferred, but it's not bad. It's just kind of meh. Yeah, it's not, not special. There's... I still taste the the banana, which is again nice. And nope, no, it's not. hates banana. <laughs> <laughs> so, See, I don't like banana in anything but a liquid. Like straight up, I would never really? eat banana. I would never order banana straight up. Switch can juice bananas. <laughs> I I did learn a very important thing, and if you order a banana daiquiri and they say, "Well, we don't actually have bananas, but we can make bananas. it with banana liqueur," the answer is no. They don't the use the answer should always be no, smash it because so it will it not taste like a thin and daiquiri. It will taste like Lusa something makes horrible a, a with banana, banana overtones. Who does? Lusa? Awful. Um, where that is. Their company. The floral for me has dropped out. bottle <clears throat> juices of various... No, really. Um, I should try that. I mean, apparently, like, I've never, like... I'm not a, I'm not a juice scientist. <laughs> You're not? <laughs> That's how you introduced yourself to me. Well, yeah, to you. I was just trying to get in your pants. Juice scientist. I believe the technical term is a juiceologist. Juiceologist. <laughs> um, fucking pretentious old man. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I like it that way. <laughs> One of those shows. <laughs> Damn kids, get off my lawn. Yeah, it lost most of the floral. Um, got a little burn. Banana's still there. A little pepper. A little bit. These cheeses are really good, by the way. Yeah. Uh, are we working on Well, we've, we've, we've got uh, an aged Havarti over here because oh. we have that almost every show because I Can't love it. Can't go wrong with aged mm-hmm. um, That is the Herbs de Providence cheese from the, um, the Bennett Co-op. Um, that, that's the last of my OmegaCon cheese over there. Um, I just never heard that as a class of cheese. Yep. So, mm-hmm. so I, I've explained before, uh, Bennett Co-op uh, is in Wisconsin, and, and every year, for Omega Spring and Omega Fall, I, I stop in on the way back, and I pick up a few things for myself, and that's the, it, it's a, it's a Cheddar Grier mix, I think, that's also flavored with Herbs of Providence, so, it's all right. It's crap, that's why it's on your side of the <laughs> table. <laughs> the, the salsa peppered uh, version of the same base cheese that I had on the show last time. No, that wasn't on the show. Never mind. I've been snacking on it for myself. 
It was a show. It was a private show. <laughs> I don't like to speak one. of it. But I do a podcast of it. This is Serious <laughs> Cheese, the podcast. If you ever have us back on, I should try to bring um, this uh, 15-year bandaged cheddar. Oh. Yeah, my, my partner, her family are friends with a guy who makes his own cheese. And this bandaged cheddar actually came in second place for the nation's cheese tasting. And it only came in second because they served all the cheese cold. And it's, this is a cheese that you have to eat at room temperature. Mm. And, like, afterwards in the, in the gala, every single one of the judges came up and they're like, yeah, no, this wins now, but we already signed the forms an hour ago because it was cold and it was second. But it has, like, no, this rage. beautiful so- – I, I eat the rind of it. Like, the rind is even just out of this world. <laughs> that's a sign of a good cheese for me. If you eat, if you want to eat the rind, that's, that's yeah. the thing. Damn rind eaters. Right. <laughs> or, ordinarily, I carve that shit off, but yeah. I mean, it's a different cheese. <laughs> yeah. Sure, but so at cheese competitions, you're not allowed to dictate. This is a warm cheese. I, I don't know how it worked. I, I would have like I would have thought it would have been like categories somehow. You register your cheese or something. I I had I no idea. I cheese out of the fridge earlier. Yeah, I guess maybe it was on him. I have no idea. I was not there. I was not invited. We should write them a letter. I should. Why was I not there? I just wanted to take a cheese out of the damn fridge an hour earlier. And then you would have won. <laughs> but no! You failed me. Don't worry. You failed your country. <laughs> you have dishonored your cheese. There's only one <laughs> one course left to you. You must fall on your cheese course. Cheese, your cheese knife. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, one course left to you? Is that a pun? <laughs> oh. Oh. Hey, you died. <laughs> you did to me. The, uh, the best cheese experience I've ever had was on a Disney cruise in their fancy French restaurant. Did Mickey Mouse Remy's? No. Re- Remy's after Remy Rat. And they bring out this whole trolley of cheeses. And they introduce you to them as if, you know, you're going to have a conversation. And how old they are. You don't talk to your cheese? Where they're from. I'm not that polite. And, you know, how they, I don't know, their voyage to get to the ship. Um, The cheese I got was served with a tiny little honeycomb. I mean, it it was just like, can you just come back several times with the tray, the trolley? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. That was good. That was some good cheese. When you go to Disney. Morris Otter. In 1965, the craft brewing landscape would forever be changed with the introduction of Morris Otter, a winter barley variety of legendary status. I believe that means it's purple. Or is it orange? Orange. Orange, sorry. Bred specifically to meet the demand for a high-quality brewing malt and recognized for its ability to impart rich, rustic, malty flavors. It would soon become the cornerstone ingredient of many of England's most (coughs) revered cask-conditioned ales. Despite flourishing as such for years, it would eventually fall out of flavor as new, higher-yielding breeds entered the market. Wait, fall out of flavor? Close enough. Okay. (laughs) Few could resist the move to lower-cost alternatives, seemingly cementing the fate of the once-lauded variety. Dear God, it's like a whole book! <laughs> You're the one who started at the top. <laughs> well, blah, 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 years went by. It dwindled to a trickle. <laughs> trickle. Um, trickle? 
that a small group of loyal proponents hatched a plan to secure the variety's future. Death to its opponents! Sounds like a cult. I know. It was sacrifice. <laughs> Virgin to the moon! For the use of the few who continue to sacrifice <laughs> yield for quality. <laughs> they and they began propagating the revered breed under closely monitored conditions, slowly rebuilding a limited foundation stock of unparalleled character. As news of the variety's rejuvenation <laughs> spread, many took note. Death to them all! It's a really violent box. <laughs> it's Scottish. <laughs> Fair enough. I apologize. Um... Blah, 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 creation, drawing Morangi signet, with that in mind, blah, 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 more, blah, 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 dear God, this is long, blah, 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 all right. Looking to bring out the most of the variety's renowned taste profile, Dr. Bill. Dr. Bill! Arranged to have the parcel of Maris Altar barley, floor malted by hand using traditional techniques, then distilled a batch of new-make spirit and laid it away in a handful of carefully selected casks under mountain near Gandalf's tomb. The, then these, yeah, these he tucked away into a quiet corner of his cabinet of curiosities next to the severed head of his mother to begin the sh- slow journey towards maturation. The result, Glen Morangi to sell. Scott's Gaelic for originary. Which isn't a real word. <laughs> it's an artisanal single malt paying homage to the Maris Otter variety. A bright ochre whiskey with rich rustic flavors of nut toffee, sweet barley malt, ginger, cinnamon, molasses, and dates, complementing more familiar Glenmorangi notes of peaches, oranges, and smoked pears. A whiskey celebrating the legacy of Maris Otter, and for all those who would continue to sacrifice Maris Otter forever! Is it on caps? Yeah, it should be. Oh. Um, there may have been some words that weren't technically written on the back it, of the It's box. subtext. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> oh, wow. That's um, quite a long... Uh, yeah. Yeah, um, I call I call definite cork dorkery though. Yeah, there's some serious cork because dorkery there. I didn't get a single pair out of this. Uh, well, the white fruit could have been. Yeah, yeah. white fruit. Well, well, we'll let that one slide. The the citrus note was there. Dates, I'm not I'm not buying that one though. Oranges and peaches and well, pears. The oranges, I sort of got a little. Uh, I mean, it's not that there was nothing that existed in that array, but it just felt like they were like, and I'll type another thing that might be tasted and not... Ginger, cinnamon, yeah, nuts, no. toffee, molasses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I no. like... And sweet barley malt, yeah, uh, duh. I, I don't remember uh, banana. I mean, now, everybody's experience is unique. I will, I mean, as you're using your own... Confirmation bias being what it is. Right. But... I really, when I when I read the things there, I'm like, I didn't really get any of them. I'm not willing to say it's my problem. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Well, that, there's a reason. I'm willing that, to say it's your problem. Yes, but I don't really listen to you. That's yeah, fair. Yeah, there's a reason that when we evaluate copies at Truestone, we, as a rule, don't talk about them until we've all finished and written down our evaluations because, mm-hmm. yeah. Bias amongst the group confirmation bias is very, very strong. So if someone mentions, you know, if, oh, yeah. if they would have said nuts and toffee and cinnamon before we tasted it, perhaps 
a few of us would have <coughs> right, discovered and that's, them. When and that's, that's why, why you don't so, read it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but because we enjoy discussing as we talk, <coughs> you know, willing yeah. to take the risk. <coughs> I am curious when you're doing toffee, coffee evaluations. You get a lot of toffee in them. Well, but afterwards, you're like, wow, were you drinking the same thing I was? Occasionally, yeah. I mean, the key is to maybe agree which one we liked the best, not necessarily like what it tasted like. (laughs) What little little interesting coffee drinking experience I have, I mean, uh, as opposed to like, you know, hey, it's Folgers. there was a coffee shop near the, the college I went to that had a lot of interesting flavors in the orange truffle. That was my favorite. You could actually go and have interesting flavored coffees. But So you're talking like there's, there's a flavor added. They added the flavor to the coffee. My suspicion is yes, because I'm doubting that there's a coffee that comes orange truffly enough or to be orange truffle. Well, I'm we sure have our own opinions about flavored coffee. Oh, I'm I, sure. I won't go into those. Uh, although, although it wasn't like here you can have a squirt of orange and <clears throat> a squirt of chocolate. Yeah. Right. No, there, there are some places that you can, they'll mix it right into the beans, mm-hmm. and then when it brews, it pulls it through in right. a brew. Yeah, so there's probably something like that. Well, I, I actually, I hear this is the perfect platform to level your complaints about flavored coffee, because, you know, this is a tasting show. Isn't yeah. It? Sure, well, I mean, flavoring coffee is just, it's, it's a way to, to cover up certain, you know, Infections in the bean. It's a way to kind of forgive yourself for buying bad mm-hmm. coffee in the first place. Well, like like you were talking about with uh, mixing of uh, scotch. Like you go to yeah. a bad bar and they'll and you ask for scotch and then give you a mixed drink. Mm-hmm. You know that's to an extent. Sure. What, what, we I mean, I never try to knock anybody for what they like to drink, um, but flavored coffee just. I mean, it's it's not really what I'm interested in. I guess. Sure. You know, I like to, when I have my. It's coffee, a different I like thing. To, I like yes. to put about yeah. two fingers of creamer in there and then. Hey, man, no, hey I, if you like it, man, more power to you. I like my creamer flavored with just a dash of coffee. <laughs> well, I can go, I can I like go to the vending machine and, cream and, and, I, can and I can get a, a soda for like a buck and a half. Or I can walk over to the coffee pot and get that for free. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's how do I, wa- how do I want to drink my dirt water? Mm. Now, I'm curious, have you, have you I, and I totally understand the position of flavored coffees are used to cover up inadequacies and if it was really amazing coffee you wouldn't want to put flavors on it sure have you ever tried getting a really amazing coffee and then putting flavors to to add to that or is that not you know that's not something we really tried and it's not something we would look into but i we do know of some roasters in town uh up coffee roasters in particular that are barrel barrel aging their coffee in you know whiskey or wine barrels so it's not necessarily directly adding flavor, but it's this slow infusion over time. It's, this is before they roast it. They'll take the green beans, store them in a whiskey barrel or a wine barrel or something. Do they the add sort. water to it? No, they just, just they just let it sit, um, stir it, you know. And coffee, especially green coffee, has the ability to take on the elements around it. I mean, it's at okay. that state, it's it's almost like a plant that's just been dried over you know a long period of time, and so its ability to take on other flavors and aromas. Um, is really susceptible well, if you, do, if you do like a smaller, like a quarter cask, and you stir it periodically. Yeah. Okay. You know, no, I, I could see where that would maybe. I was. I was just trying to picture how the like anything that wasn't pressed up against the outer edge would get the. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, that's, but I guess to answer your question, I've never tasted a flavored coffee that I thought like helped. I always 
it always I seemed just, like it was just trying to cover up for something. And uh, you know, if my if I had any kind of coffee palate, I, I probably would agree. But you know, when yeah, but it's a, hey, that orange trouble—that sounds exciting, man. <laughs> it, it was orangey and chocolatey, and so you know, <laughs> no, it's something you might just like. If you put an orange food. truffle in front of me, I would eat the shit out of it <laughs> yeah. right now. I'm not joking. Yeah. Well, you know, it's I, and uh, I'll keep it short because other people have heard this, but my wife made chocolate truffles <laughs> once that used scotch as an ingredient. And the first time she did it, I gave her the cheapest scotch I had because I'm, you know, like, I'm not wasting my scotch. Mm -hmm. And then you could actually taste the scotch, and it was amazing. Yeah. So I'm like, next time you're getting my good stuff because I want to taste that. Oh, yeah. So I'm sure some of it is. I make a pear tart with uh, my partner's mother. And and she and I like when we were first doing it, you you poached the pears in wine in the same way. We were like, oh, let's just get the let's just get was it what, barefoot wine or whatever the thing that's like seven mm -hmm. bucks a bottle or something. Yeah, let's just do that. And it's like, oh, this doesn't actually take because you can you can drink the poaching liquid <coughs> afterwards because why not? Right. You still have it and now it has cinnamon in it and pears and all this shit. And so now we like go out and drop like 150 bucks on like uh, right. two or three really good bottles of wine. And now can you taste the difference when you're drinking oh, yeah. that? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, because I'm I'm a I'm firmly can well. I mean, we've had this with scotch. We've had scotches where you're like, this is an expensive scotch. It's a, you know, hundred and eighty dollar. Well, expensive for us. Hundred and eighty dollar bottle of scotch, and you're like, wow, this really isn't amazing. It's in fact not any better than a sixty-five dollar bottle of scotch that I've had. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm, I'm not trying to say that like a hundred and fifty dollar bottle of wine is is in every stretch better than a ten dollar. Right. But 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 yeah, like if you get a better bottle of wine, it does generally pull some of those tastes through in the pie. I feel like you have to reach some sort of a, like a, a quality ceiling at some point, though. And the things that like are actually where you're charging like a thousand dollars for a bottle of wine or whiskey is not necessarily the the like objective quality of it but it's like the rarity of the ingredients like the age you know the story behind it like if you can sell a bottle of wine coffee. the story yeah exactly <laughs> people buy a hundred dollars hundred dollars a pound for like coffee that was pooped out of a rodent and i mean sure it probably tastes awesome but um i'll go into that but you know well, it's the, the story that's that sells it's not the actual product with scotch, you, you get a diminishing returns on on it for price. Like the 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 theory is is that it does get better, smoother with age. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but once it reaches twenty five years or thirty years, you're really getting more oak than anything. And after a certain point, you're just getting like a twenty year old scotch typically is really smooth. We go to 25, yeah, it's really smooth, but the difference between the 20 and the 25 is a lot smaller than the difference between a 15 and a 20. You go from 25 to 30, and again, like it's it's a it's a curve that doesn't quite ever flatten out, but <clears throat> gets closer and closer. And the more it ages, the more it evaporates. So the less of it there is, plus there's the time that it took to be in there, which is why the Yamazaki 50. For 55 went for a million yen when they last issued it, which is what was about 12 grand at the time. I was trying to figure out if I could sell my car to get a bottle. It's also it's also why when they release the 50 year olds or whatever, it's often and you'll get it in this crystal, you know, Lalique crystal decanter that we've had commissioned, which as a percentage of the price may not be a lot, but they're trying to really make it a unique, mm -hmm. issue. singular experience. Yeah. So shall we? 
What, 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 one last thing before we get to that, since it was brought up that, you know, cheap wine versus expensive wine, you can get a difference. Um, something that was recently posted to our sister podcast, um, Screw It, was that stick a wine in a blender and, and have run it on high for about a minute, aerate the shit out of it, and drink it afterwards, and, and even cheap wines can kind of taste pretty fabulous afterwards. Really? Wow. This, 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 this is the for science thing that we are going to have to try at some point. <clears throat> and by we, I mean, you know, I'm going to go on to the show with them and say, we're going to try this, Don. And she's going to be like, okay. And we'll, uh, we'll do it. pretty fun. But, yeah, we'll have, we'll have to try that out. Because uh, I, I, I'm not a barefoot person, but I do like Naked Grape. And they're, they're a local, relatively cheap wine. And I like them well enough yeah. straight out of the bottle. I'm curious to see what sticking their Malbec in a blender is going to do to it. Yes. Yeah. Now I'm just awesome. wondering if you drink scotch out of an oak cup if it will taste older. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, if you tell yourself it will, then yeah, you know, yeah. that suggestion. Yeah. It would, if it comes in a pretty enough bottle, you might just uh, have a great experience. It might taste like 12,000 yeah. yen. For I, 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 I don't know. There's just some awfully yen, pretty bottles. I, I had to say, if, if one of my plans, if I had become a multi-millionaire when they did the lottery thing, I was planning on, on Rewarding the podcast. Uh, I but, hope I, you know. So, sorry. I was going to reward the podcast. No. No. Not no, three times in a row, mm-hmm. or whatever the probability equates to. Yeah. I struck by lightning three times in a row, in a row, and then having a shark land on you. <laughs> a shark nader. A shark lightning. I heard that the guy who, who won the Powerball back in like November or something, like he just got, he just got stabbed in his own home. Yeah. Like he just died. Like someone was robbing his home to try to steal some of his money, and he died. And I was like, "Fuck, I don't want to." Second thought: <laughs> Never go public as the winner. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I love when people are like, you know, that much money would just ruin your life. And I'm like, well, you can give some of it away. Mm-hmm. If 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 you're like that much money is just too much, <laughs> well then keep less. You know, you don't want to. Where that line is, and yeah. Live by it. And and while money may not buy happiness, right. it can buy a lot of stuff that makes me happy. You know, yeah, I can buy a lot of scotch. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of private security. Yeah, yeah. and scotch. Oh, ex Navy SEAL, come with me. But anyway, uh, now we're done with that segment. We yes. do need to get out of the scoring of this one. We do. So uh, who wants to start? I'll I'll leap on, right. that, on that scoring grenade. Um, I really enjoyed it. It, you know, it's not like the best scotch. I'm not going to run out and buy some of it, but I'm I'm putting it like three seven five, a very pleasant but not overly remarkable. Are you, by the way, familiar with our? Yeah, uh, we run down. I I, I in the rundown, but but I figured the three That's of us can maybe go. Since yeah. uh, <clears throat> since our, we may have a new listener this episode somewhere possibly. <laughs> All right, Dave, you explain it. All right, so one is a war crime, five point scale. One is a war crime. Five is the best shit you ever had in your mouth. Three is average. And now Cedius is next in the circle. I am. And uh, I, I will acknowledge before I get my score again that I'm, I'm, I'm only at 50% capacity as, as, as far as being able to smell and taste things. And so that, that's going to color things a bit. But I didn't think this was anything special. And my score is going to reflect it by giving it a straight up three. Interesting how you're wrong. Fair <laughs> I, well, here's the thing. Glen Ranji, we yeah. know, is a distillery that I've decided, you know what, as much as I really like the Quinta and the, and the Los Santos all right, 
They're not mine. They're they're just it's not a distillery that speaks to me. Uh, I like them more than Belvini still, mm. but that's not saying much. So that's and, and, and I know a lot of people who love Belvini. So I mean, this yeah, my personal taste. It, it, it's not a thing for me. I I'm not enjoying this one so much, but I don't hate it either. <clears throat> I, I liked it better than Cedius and not quite as much as Perrin. I found that this was was pretty tasty. Definitely, again, better than average. I'm tempted to want to try this again after reading the tasting notes to see if I can't squirrel out some of the the nut toffee. But uh, I'm going to go to 3.6. Well, um, I've never really had a whole lot of experience in scotch. And, I mean, I, I do like whiskey, but, you know, I'm not connoisseur of it, and so this is the best shit I've ever had. Um, but I'm going to honor your system, though. Uh, as far as, like, the initial smelling of it, it wasn't it wasn't all that great to me. I was just kind of getting a lot of liquor, you know, just a lot of alcohol for me, because I, you know, don't have a lot of experience in it. Um, but the taste, I love the taste. It was really sweet and everything like that. I didn't like it watered down, but uh, so I'm going to give it a four for me. I'm going to give myself room to, to find my true love in scotch. Mm. But always always set a ball, and, and, and to be fair, you don't have to read it solely in scotch either. I mean, if you want to taste it across your entire taste palette. Well, as a coffee, ever. it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> truth. But, you know, Worst but, coffee ever had. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I don't know. If I tasted that and you told me it was coffee, I'd give it like... Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. I'd be impressed. <laughs> Makes me feel great. <laughs> I was picturing the... I'm not sure we want to sell this, but I'm taking this home to experiment with. <laughs> Good night, all. <laughs> Something to be learned. <laughs> all right, fine, fine. I didn't. Oh, I thought it was a perfectly acceptable whiskey. I thought there was some really fun stuff going in on there, but I, I wouldn't rate it among my best. I'd probably give it a solid seven out of ten, three and a half. Three and a half. Yeah. All right. So, give it a perfect five of seven. Sixteen <laughs> <laughs> percent. Wait, what? <laughs> So, let me do the math on that. <laughs> Carry it by. What's our next? I don't know, because Dave still hasn't... Really Have we had any fives ever show up on this show? No. No, I no. think... Well, well, we've had some guests... Well, yes. We've had some guests rate things as five. We've. I, the main reason I, I think we never, and probably mm-hmm. almost never, will rate something as five, because there's always that lurking belief that it can't be the best. But we've had some... High fours. Mm-hmm. We've had some some really enjoyed fours before. One of the prevailing Scotch organizations, Scotch rating organizations, rated a Taiwanese whiskey with its first perfect score a couple of years ago, like its first mm-hmm. one ever. And we're still trying to come across a bottle of that. But it's just if if we rated this on a more rating for specific <clears throat> scales for each portion of, of the scotch. I could see just by <clears throat> happenstance almost hitting something that would oh, sure. get up there. Cause, but since we give it just sort of a unified, this is how I felt about it. Um, I'm trying to think of what our highest, not like the specific scotch, but what <clears throat> what's our highest score been? I think a four. Well, okay. So the, the Amazon mm. 18 is probably our individual that scored the highest overall. I know I gave it, pretty sure I gave it a 4.25 or a 4.5. I think you gave it a 4.7 or a 4.5. Um, I rated the Odin pretty high. You did rate the Odin pretty high, but I don't think you, gave, you rated it higher than the Yamazaki. So, um, what, 
I, I, I do know that Peter rated that a five, but you know, it's his favorite. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so when you guys are tasting coffee, uh, are you giving it a numeric? Yeah, we uh, we score well. The Specialty Coffee Association, in general, scores things out of a hundred. Mm-hmm. And so when we score, like you said, we're we're um, dividing it based on a few different categories. So we'll evaluate the um, the body out of ten. We'll evaluate the flavor, the aftertaste, the sweetness, um, and like the aroma itself. Um, so you know, I, we I don't think we've ever or I've ever heard of a coffee that was rated a hundred by anybody. But certainly, I've tasted a coffee where like flavor or like body was like ten, like perfect. But it almost yeah, it's that impossible like dream, you know. This can't taste be a coffee that's perfect. It's almost it would almost be a horrible disappointment if you like. Well, I've now had the best coffee I will ever have. Mm-hmm. Everything else will now be by well, definition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I will say for myself that my scoring, especially in the beginning, um, since our, our within breath of scotch was was not all that quite yet. Uh, I was rating it based on flavors of all things, and, and mostly it was a tasting this, how, how what, what level of happiness on a scale of 1 to 5 did the taste cause me to have? Because I, I know a couple of foods in, in, you know, in my history that I picture as this is the level of happiness that a 5 would have to bring for me. Um, I, I had some classmate in my Taekwondo uh, dojo back in the day um, who was Vietnamese, and he made some authentic bagogi, and that is some of the best food I've ever had. Hmm. And so um, that, that that level of happiness is what this would have to bring for, for me to rate a five. So See, this one here, I'm getting the peaches that we were supposed to be getting on the last <laughs> one. I'm getting some caramel. Peaches and, yeah, like, amaretto. Uh, you'll notice the color is a bit darker. Yeah, okay, so that... Yeah, that can go. So that. That's, there's some there's some caramel color. Strong, strong likelihood, however, since I know what this one is, there's a decent chance that it's not actually. This is the burgundy finished one. Yes, we are drinking the Telabardine burgundy finish. Hmm. So it could possibly have picked up something from the burgundy barrels. Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> strong sweetness. I really yeah I really enjoyed my. Unfortunately, I had a great. First nose. Yeah, I did too. Really enjoyed it. Just, it. Kind of and then my nose shut down, and that's no. why I'm trying to snort coffee. Yeah. Excuse me. Well, the coffee's kind of dead in my nose right yeah, now. It's too bad that's not true stone coffee. Well, it's true stone. I just needed to drop our name a few times. Yes, that's all right. Although, although wouldn't that be kind of insulting if your coffee was only used to like smell? We're like, oh, we just keep it in a jar and sniff it so we can enjoy something else. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I kind of really enjoy the smell of coming to work. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in a sense, I mean, what you're a lot of what you're buying with coffee is the smell. That's you know? true. The taste is pretty straightforward, but the aroma is what really dictates what you're getting out of it. That's got to be kind of an interesting thing, coming to work at a place where you're, you're constantly going to be smelling coffee at different times. Beautiful. Yeah. Although you guys should come by sometime. Mm-hmm. Where, where where are you located? In St. Paul, uh, just north of University, basically on Raymond. Do you, do you ever have somebody who comes into work and is like, I'm really tired. Right. I wish Jay. there would be something yeah. I could yeah, drink that would help. Yeah, you <laughs> that's uh, never been a problem for us. Uh, I used to live off of I think Raymond. Is is, yeah. yeah. Right by the the high rise apartments. Mm-hmm. Now I've had friends who have worked for like uh, chocolatiers. And, and the smart ones tell their employees, eat whatever you want, because after, like, two weeks of eating lots of chocolate, they're like, I am never eating chocolate again. 
And so they have people who are happy and they don't constantly want to eat what's there. Do you guys, are you like, drink all the coffee you want, become hyper, bounce off the walls, whatever, or are you not drinking your own product? Well, it's it's really important. Every day we brew at least three uh, big kettles of coffee. And this morning we had five because we needed to taste a couple next to each other. And there's only like six of us that are in the shop. And so that's damn near one, one big <laughs> two-liter pot per person. My coffee consumption has not gone down. <laughs> no. But, but uh, I'm, I'm a technician, and I go out in the field a whole lot more, and, and Tyler's a sales guy, and he goes out in the field a whole lot more. And so it's really important for the two of us to know the taste spectrum of all the coffee. So it okay. is, it's within our boss's best interest to keep us it's, knowledgeable yeah. so that when we go out to a place, yeah, so that when I right. fix a brewer, I can taste from this brewer and be like, no, there's still something wrong. It's mm-hmm. still tasting too sour or something. And that said, you can always spit. You don't have to swallow it. Yeah, you know, you just taste it and spit it around. I've I've seen coffee and tea official tastings, and it always makes me funny or it makes me laugh. I mean, I've done wine tastings where you you swirl and spit. Oh yeah, but but the one I saw, he was like militant about just sip fork. In a, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're just Jesus. Is, yeah, no, we we have uh, Paris spittoons that are in our cupping room. So yeah, nice. Yeah, they're great. Cupping they're procedure on. is you take a spoon. <laughs> Yes. It, it was fluid process. It was somewhat terrifying the first time I saw that. It, oh yeah, it. I was not expecting the. Um, no, I'll tell you vigor. what. First day of work. First day of work at the at this place. I come in, and I don't know who the hell to report to. I don't know anything because like you know I'm replacing a guy, and so he's already out in the field because he got called an emergency, and so I <laughs> and I walk back into the cupping room that I've never been to before, and there are four people that I don't know, not talking at all, walking precisely around this table, tasting. It's <laughs> like. <laughs> what am I getting into? And they're all wearing robes and covered in blood, and I just have no idea. True Stone Coffee for the true demon in us all. No. Uh, there are no dogs allowed in the dog there park. There are no dogs. Yeah. Do, do not even look at the dog park. Yeah. Um, there are no purple robed figures in the guy room. My wife is a librarian. Mm. So, you know, mm-hmm. that's interesting. <laughs> How so? What, what exactly well, do you well, mean? Well, the, the first uh, night mail. Oh, yeah, yeah. Library. Oh, by the way, did you get your tickets for the next one? No. Oh. Yeah, they're coming to town. Yeah, April. 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 Are you a... Uh, I'm aware of the night mail. <laughs> I, I, just, yeah. I, I, I was just curious if you were like, I don't know what these people are babbling about, or I know, but I choose no, not to. Uh, oh, God, they're going deep yeah, in that rabbit I know hole. about it. Our, our roaster, actually, he's he's sort of the unofficial DJ <laughs> of, the, of the roastery, and so he's, he's the one that kind of stands in the middle of the room and... And blast whatever he wants, and you know he'll get on really intense kicks. And for about a month straight, it was Night Vale all day, every day. Oh, well, you do Night Vale, and then Honeytown, and then our fair city, and just kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah, just go with it. Well, when when Bowie died, we had like two weeks yeah. straight of just all of his albums straight through, which was great. Don't get me wrong, but I get a certain Has point. He's been like, dead for two weeks at this point. Yeah, I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> well, I think I think just today barely. he had Bowie on in the morning, oh, and then he switched to yeah, classical yeah, music. Yeah, I think it was today. But yeah, which was a really weird. It was just 
Suddenly there's classical music blaring. Sirius XM did a a Bowie tribute station. They brought back the full Bowie station that they'd had before for a a week and ten days after his death. And and I had it locked on that for that. So we use coffee to reset our nose. What do you (laughs) you use to reset our nose? Scotch. Scotch. Awesome. (laughs) And shortbread cookies. (laughs) Is there something... I mean... What do you Water do? typically is really the only thing. Okay. Because I mean, I, you you've got to at a certain point be like, well, my, I'm oh, coffee. Yeah. It's just real. Woof, yeah. Gone. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, it's it's not a. It's not a All right, so I've tried three or four times, like nosiness, and then letting it sit for a while, and going back in. The nose on this one, I, if if you do it like back to back to back it dies so fast yeah i've given up i've given up on the nose Uh, i mean it was you really have to let it sit for like almost a full minute it was pleasant but it was and then gone and it might be my nose it might be me i'm are you guys still are sipping yet? Or did I yeah, no, no, no. I've been sipping. No, I'm trying to on my second sip. i mean as far as the nose goes for me since i'm the one who's really tailing behind here getting like just a subtle hint of clay underneath the, the, the sweetness and like the amaretto-ish tones that, that, that Tyler mentioned right away. There's another sweetness to it that I, because I'm not that familiar with the wines, I don't know if I can expressly say that I'm getting that whole burgundy thing, but mm-hmm. I'm getting kind of a white grape sweetness mm-hmm. in the nose. In the in the mouth, though, I'm getting... tastes pretty sherry. Uh, for me, it's a little licorice. A little... Um, Snoring cat. A little is that what that is? Wow. Yeah. Xerxes yeah. yeah. snores. <laughs> That's a bad yes. I've been sitting here for a while. What is it? Is it a mic recording? And I don't even realize it? No. No, he, he, ends up doing, he ends up snoring on the podcast at least once in any recording session. So People bore me. <laughs> you can go back to sleep. Just don't snore so loud. It's not a... I'm not getting bad... Like it, anything really unpleasant, it's got a kind of slightly cloying finish. Yeah, I th- I feel like that's the caramel. Hmm. Yeah, and I'm still not convinced that there's going to be a lot of that in here. I I think I think much of the coloration is going to be from the wine cast. Are you guys getting anything? In- as far as the taste goes, I'm I'm not really enjoying it very much to be honest with you. I, I'm getting like an overly like candied fruit. It's mm-hmm. almost like a fruitcake to me. Yeah. Like it's really, it's yeah. just, the sweetness is covering up everything else. Under I, I, I would say of all the other scotches we've had, this is most akin to a Dalmore. Although I like Dalmore. Well, I, I like too. I like some Dalmores. Yeah, this is. I mean, it's not. It's certainly not. I'm not making the face I occasionally made when we've had a scotch here where it's just like, oh, this is terrible. This is. But just, when you said sherry, I, I think that struck a note with me. Yeah, it's it's nothing. Horrible, but it's nothing pleasant. I'm getting a little bit of just, just maybe the slightest hint of ginger, a little bit of anise, maybe just a subtle undertone of allspice. I, the fruitcake was actually a fruitcake is, is pretty solid, yeah. yeah. That, that, definitely a, a fruity type sweetness. And I don't like fruitcake, so you know, that goes quite well with the. This was not. There's something else in here. I really need to get a good taste of treacle at some point because treacle something <clears throat> keeps coming up in comments that Yeah, that that is something that occasionally I wish I, I had, which was like a room filled with weird things that I could walk around and be like, hmm. So that's what treacle's like. And hmm, that's what Just like you know, remind yourself of all these yeah, tastes yeah, and well, then you can go into a tasting or something with a vocabulary of aromas. Well there, there are mm-hmm. there are like 
I know there's plenty of like essential oil kits where you can get things where you can buy. I've thought about getting that for the show. uh, Yeah, yeah, taking the Master Sommeliers exam. And one of the things that they'll do is they'll just go out and they'll just taste everything that they can find so that they can more adequately describe. I mean, occasionally I'm impressed. I totally get like you, you taste something and you're like, this has got leather. You know, this has got, uh, it tastes like I can smell a baseball glove or grass or, you know, soil or, you know, you, interesting uh, things that you don't normally think about as a taste, but you can definitely, you, you get it out of the drink. And then sometimes there's things that they list or other people at this tasting list. And I'm just like, I'm not sure I even know what that would be. You know, floor wax. I don't know what floor wax tastes like. I'm mustard sure. greens. Yeah. When um, I know what mustard greens taste. Yeah, like. I don't. <laughs> when judges calibrate for like a for a specialty coffee event, like when they're when they're actually going to judge and evaluate coffees at a competition level, mm-hmm. they'll do this calibration session beforehand where they'll just lay out like dozens upon dozens of jars, and on that jar it just says like anise, or it says like green pepper, mm-hmm. or, you know, just like those distilled scents, <clears throat> and everyone goes. Okay, when we smell this particular scent, we can mm-hmm. all agree that this is what we're going to call it. Today, so like developing that. Today, at least, wrangling all those crazy palettes and just try to get them on the same scale somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I that's interesting. Kalama olives or cal, whatever the however <laughs> you know. I'm you know, no, I'm just Kalamata? Kalamata. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, I can picture whether or not everyone would agree on another day. Sure. I could, yeah, that makes a lot of sense that they're like, this is... Right, and then three days later, they've all drifted back off into their own uh, perception so worlds. The mask on this is really muted now, and I just really get alcohol. Uh, yeah, I'm not the wet, it's... Uh, yeah, there's nothing left. Well, it opened up the, the flavor, I think, mm-hmm. a little more, just kind of spread it out. But I get, I get a little bit more citrus in the nose than I was getting before, but that's about it. On the... I still didn't get very much of the citrus on the body. No. Yeah, um, for me though, the, the sherry comes out more too. Yeah, and the the anise and the sherry and the I'm not a big fan of anise. So, yeah, that's not my favorite scotch, but it's not horrible. Good call. Oh, you're done. All right. I was just gonna be like, yeah, water the taste away. <laughs> that's depressing. Yeah. <laughs> I have to do that. I mean, oh, even if I don't like it, there's something about that liquor burn that you get from a scotch oh, that I'll, I always enjoy, even if it's I, a bad one. Like that smoky, like... I've had one or two... I've had some scotches on this show. I Before I started on this show, I used to say I've never met a single malt I didn't like. I have met them. We solved that problem. <laughs> yeah. I have met them, shaken their hands, and rude the day. But I get what you're saying about it still has... I mean, it's still... It's still drinking scotch. It's a pretty yeah, good still, release, let's be honest. Well, there are one or two. There there are a few out there where you're just like, this is heinous. <clears throat> this should still not... Still got some Pendering? No. <laughs> I got rid of the Pendering. Yeah, it's like we were talking about earlier, though. The difference between like a like a 30-point coffee and a 60-point coffee is a lot bigger than the difference between a 60-point coffee and a 70-point coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, have you guys ever had where you're drinking coffee and you're just like, well, this is like seven points. I mean, where it's just a horrible tasting coffee. There's no really, there's nothing about it you go. Well, so the thing about, like, so we're specialty roasters, so we're really only sourcing from coffee that's already been looked at by an importer, Mm. and they were like, well, this is at least 80 points. 
and then they send okay. care to us. So okay, so you're in our in well, our okay, so in our workaday well, we life, we don't really encounter bad coffee. Non-professionally in your personal life, have you ever encountered a coffee or just like oh yeah, oh absolutely? <laughs> I could I could point to four places within a mile. <laughs> <laughs> I, with, without without trying to get you in trouble for like hammering on a competitor or something, when you're talking about the big chains, you know the the whether it's a Starbucks or a Caribou or whatever, I, I mean I'm sure because they're mass produced, they're not awesome. Are they enjoyable from a coffee connoisseur point of view, or are they just like, well, it doesn't make me cry? Right. Well, the thing about the big companies is they, I mean, they know what's going on in specialty coffee too. Like they. What they could get away with 10 years ago is not the same thing as what they can get away with today. So their coffee is better than it used to be. I mean, I'm talking about, like, the big dogs like Starbucks and, like, Caribou. Like, they, they pay attention to what's going on, and they improve where they need to. But at the end of the day, like, they're just – they're fine, but they're trying to do something different than, like, a company like True Stone is. And so, like, I respect them for what they do. I think they do a fine enough job at it. But it's just not, you know, it's like, it's not even competition. It's like just not the same. It's a different sector. So if somebody is like, hey, meet me at the Caribou, we'll get a cup of coffee and talk about something. You're not like, I'd rather be shocked. I'm like, yeah, but why don't we go to this other place? (laughs) Fair enough. Like, let's go to the independent shop that's doing a really good job and taking the coffee aspect of it really seriously. I mean, I like coffee. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. like a whiskey guy, you probably wouldn't go to like, you know, Jack's Bar down the street that didn't, uh. If you were trying to get some whiskey. Well, uh, the, even though I, you'd probably drink it in a pinch. Yeah. The big thing for me is I won't order. There's, if you go to any uh, restaurant, they're going to have the same four or so scotches. I mean, it's <clears throat> the Glen Livet, the, you know, the Glen Meringue, maybe. Well, um, the Glen Fittick, Glen Livet, Lafroy 10, McAllen, um, and. I think we gotta do two more after this. <laughs> yeah, you gotta drive. Yeah, I gotta drive. Yeah. Okay, uh, so Scott, not taking on this one. No, I. No, if we if we're going down to points, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this this one a a two point uh, a two point two and a half. All right. Well, we'll all right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll take that in before, but in before you do the reading, because <laughs> I want. Sorry, I just, one, no, no, no. You believe me? There's nothing wrong. I I I rather enjoyed it wet. And what I was getting in the palette that I, I was really digging on was I was getting a nice uh, deep black cherry with it. A little on the medicinal side, admittedly, but it was, it was a solid black cherry note that I was really, really enjoying. Yeah, now that you say the medicinal, I, I definitely tasted that a little more than any of the other flavors. Mm-hmm. The history of Talabardine for distilling and brewing is one of the oldest in Scotland. Located in Blackford, the gateway to the Highlands. Cerebral. It was here in 1488 that the young King James IV of Scotland stopped by Skip a bit, brother. <laughs> on his way to his coronation to purchase beer from a local brewery. This is recorded as the first public purchase of beer. In 1947, the brewery was converted to a distillery. As well as the easy access from the north and the south, making it a perfect location for distilling, there is also a plentiful supply of fresh spring water from the surrounding hills. The hills are also well known for the gold that was mined from them. Are they alive in the sound of music? (laughs) They're not even really trying in this one. Nope. (laughs) 
<laughs> Let's talk about anything but our scotch. Burgundy finish, barrels or pieces, as they are called in Burgundy, vary in volume from one region to another because of tradition and the local history of winemaking. In Burgundy, a piece holds 228 liters. After long maturation in ex-bourbon oak casks, the Telebardine 228 Burgundy finish was recasked into 228 litre Burgundy barrels from the world-famous Chateau de Sachandre de Montrachet. Montrachet. So no, no, no tasting notes. <clears throat> wow. Well, it did say burgundy <laughs> pieces <laughs> of barrel, and it has water. <laughs> pieces of two twenty eight. A ruby color to this whiskey follows with vanilla, light chocolate flavors, and a creamy richness and hints of red summer fruit. Ah! And good. Huh. Well, I'm not going to call Dorkery on that. Cause they were real notes. They were, yeah, it was, it was actual fucking uh, notes. It was amazing. It's got stuff in it. Yeah. I didn't get any of it. But <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, I like the part about <coughs> before they made scotch, some king came and bought a different thing here. We that makes it cool, right? 500 <laughs> years before a king bought beer here. <laughs> But and then we decided, fuck all that. <laughs> Our beer's selling petered out, and we've switched to, to scotch. <laughs> we have hills that have I mean, gold. I mean, scotch is like beer, right? Like, yeah, it's, it's pretty much the same thing. Practically the same. Yeah. I mean, I I age my beer for 25 years. With gold water? <laughs> yeah. Water? yeah. Oh, so this is scotch goldschlager. Oh. Um, gold scotch <laughs> Scott Godler. <laughs> Scott Godler. Okay, let's stop this rabbit hole. Dave, give it a number. <laughs> it wasn't very good. I'm eating, so you're going to have to suffer, listeners. <laughs> Only so much, because I will edit some of this. Yes. Yes, he Just will. In the meantime, I will draw on Dave's some. face. You will edit some, but <laughs> I will pause. <laughs> sure that some of my meandering <laughs> filters through. So that he has to listen to it later. <laughs> and it, it, however long the episode is, it takes me at least double that to do post. Oh, yeah. Welcome. And he likes to make life mm. difficult on me. Oh, sure. Dave, Dave is her resident um, troll. Uh, yes, but <laughs> he lives under the bridge of the Goldwater. No, mm. is our, our resident uh, implementer of the the art of talking about Shatnerism. Uh, no, no. Um, Not too. From from. Uh, Pop the Papa in um, Open circumstance. No, with it. I'm just trying. Hey, in Shelbyville, we used to carry a a white onion on our belts, unlike in Albertville, where they carried a red onion. If, if you remember your old um, no, no, never. <laughs> that was a Simpsons, right? Yes, it was. Yeah. Thank you, sir. You you are a prince among men. That's true because people have been talking. Mm-hmm. So I didn't hate this. It wasn't. Super terrible, but it wasn't all that good. I think I'm also going to give it a 2.25. I thought it was drinkable, but not all that great. I put it just on the shy side of halfway, let's say uh, 2.8. I didn't dislike it nearly as much as I thought I would. 
that's not saying much. I, I thought I was really going to dislike it initially. So I'm going to go with 2.65. I mean, it wasn't... If somebody gave me some to drink, I wouldn't be like, no. But I wouldn't ask them for it. I have to say, I really admire that. Usually a lot of people that go into something with a negative thought forward, they're automatically really low. But like being able to even say, like, no, actually it was better than I was worried it was going to be. I, I, I just, that's just not a thing from here that much. <laughs> Sounds like the story of my life. <laughs> you're just a negative. It's all right. <laughs> well, see, I, I, I say you're all wrong because I like this one more than I like the last one. Um, is this is your first five? Uh, no. It's, <laughs> it was not my first five. It was not that good. Um, but uh, I, I guess I will be the French judge here, and I will give it a, uh, a three-six. I, I really dug on the on that Ooh. cherry note that I was getting. Yeah, I, I like this. How much did they pay you, sir? The French judge from <laughs> Le Chateau de Chasson de Montrachet. No, I, I... You're I, clearly I, the descendant of King James IV, or whatever bought beer here. I will maybe, I will maybe uh, retouch this number after uh, my nose clears up and, and I can give it more of a, a fair shake. Yeah. When he smells, <laughs> you can't like, smell anything. Two! This is a two! No, but, but what, with what I'm getting, though, I, I was really liking it. No, admittedly, I... It, Matt, if I couldn't smell or taste anything, I'd love it, too. <laughs> Well, I was, I, was, I was getting a very strong flavor, even with my uh, my uh, handicaps right now. And so uh, the fact that I was getting that strong a black cherry with my nose half blocked, I'm, I'm really looking forward so, to trying it. Great for drinking with a cold. That's the... Uh, yeah. <laughs> that that should be on the bottle. No, maybe maybe it's that I'm saying the medicinal is, is giving it a plus right now. I, I don't know. We have to prep and close out for our toast here, but we're going to do something a little oh, bit yeah, different. I'd like to try some because of this. they brought a little something something from. Uh, yeah, from so this is a climate. this is a coffee we hand brew uh, using like a slow immersion method. So we, we brew it over a long period of time, several hours in fact, and um, it creates a a nice coffee beverage that's served cool mm-hmm. and lasts um, anywhere from four to six weeks. So it's good for kind of a grab-and-go sort of grocery store situation. So it's going to taste just like coffee, but we, we we tried to make it very drinkable for all palates, but just a little bit of kind of subtle nuance in there just for fun for us nerds. Now, now since you brought up the fact that this has got a shelf life longer than is common, so what what do you guys usually recommend as the shelf life for your stuff? Because I know you guys brew it and you kind of... Locally, you get it out like same yeah, day. Yeah, roasted coffee, we, roasted coffee, we probably wouldn't recommend brewing beyond about the two-week mark if you want to be really fresh, um, like world-class fresh. If you're like kind of, you know, run-of-the-mill, sort of make it work, I'd say about two months is probably the longest you want to keep a coffee around. And how do you store yours when you're, when you're keeping your grounds? Do you do that? Um, just keep it out of air and sunlight when possible. Um, oxygen really helps the staling process, obviously, and sunlight as well. So I know a lot of people do the whole keep the grounds in the freezer type thing. Do you guys recommend that or not? I haven't found that to be really... So and sealed in a, in a can. Yeah, yes. and freezing things, I mean, I'm not sure how much it does, but it does change the composition of an organic material freezing it. And mm-hmm. so I'm not sure how much that would affect, but it would definitely change something. And it's not a change that I would recommend doing, I guess. And and just to be clear, CDS, I'm not sure hearing. how much you're just, just saying some of the words or just saying words and faking it all. Um, <laughs> we we generally only send out beans. Like, like right. People can buy from us ground coffee, but we super don't recommend that because the taste starts to go away immediately because there's so much more surface area that's touching air. Yeah. It, it can 
go away so much faster. So like this stuff, we grind and immediately start brewing. Um, but like we send out beans and stuff like that, whole bean coffee. Well, I I, I was throwing things out there to give you the opportunity to baseball. say baseball. Yes, that's exactly what it was. So the, the, the leading statements and questions. Well, thank you. Thing. Yeah. So so you send out the beans <clears throat> to various local or non-local. They <clears throat> store them until they grind them, then brew them. Yes. And Correct. and then once it's brewed, it has its the normal short itself, short shelf life of coffee. Um, yeah, you can start to set the difference in your coffee after about two hours, I would say. And and the beans, once they're ground, again, as soon as possible, but mm-hmm. it's not like they've gone bad. It's, yeah, it's we, been 20 minutes. Throw them out. It, we call it like the 10-10-10 rule. So when you're brewing espresso, you want to be brewing it 10 seconds after you ground it. Uh, when you're brewing coffee, you want it to be brewed within 10 minutes of grinding it. And then within 10 days of roasting, you should be using oh. the beans. So it's a nice, simple little way to remember it, but a little variance on all. We'll have to we'll have to talk to. Uh, so I'm getting a little bit of the chocolate nose. Oh yes, <laughs> are you in the coffee? Yeah. Yeah. So we're, the intention alcohol burn I was hoping yeah. for. <laughs> well, we can put some scotch in <laughs> the last bottle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The intention no, is to have kind of your traditional coffee flavors of sort of like a toffee and a chocolate, um, but with just. These yeah, subtle kind of like darker fruit undertones. I was like, thinking caramel, but then I was thinking that maybe I was just kind of uh, thinking it. Like I had kind of like a like a frappuccino feel to it. Not to make offense, but the caramel frappuccinos are one of my favorites for the dirt waters. So, well, I mean that that caramely flavor comes out more as a coffee cools, and so having it at a cool temperature is definitely gonna help that. Oh, that's nice. We have this in our cupping room on tap, mm. and it's on a nitrogen tap. Mm-hmm. So it makes it a little creamier and kind of mm. gives it a, a thicker body as well. Now, at, at, at your work, if somebody adds cream or sugar mm-hmm. to your coffee at work, are you like blasphemer? No, they try I, 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 for it. They can make fun of, but no, no. Like uh, like this stuff, I have a bunch of this in my fridge at home, and it's kind of a weekend drink because you know I'm not at work generally, and I like it with milk. I, re- I really like having this with some milk or half and half if I have it. Tastes really good. Adds that creaminess that I really like with it. Most of the other coffees, though, I, I drink coffee straight nowadays. But I always, before I worked at True Stone, it was always a cup, uh, a, a cup of sugar. A whole cup of sugar. <laughs> I, 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 I had coffee until I can't yeah, see that. Yeah, I need a cup of sugar. Yeah, I have diabetes now, so. <laughs> yeah, I, but no, I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's how you like it. You know, I mean, obviously, we try to, we, we taste everything. Just plain, you know, without any additives like that, and we try to make the best product with that. Now, do you serve coffee at your grinding? Uh, no, we don't house? have a shop or anything. You don't? Okay. No. It's just That's a, a future yeah. goal. But. Just a roasting house. Yeah. True Stone just roasts. True Stone. I'm, I'm now. True Stone. I'm now. Dude, there's a whole other episode. I'm picturing it as, as like in a game where. All right, everyone play your grinding house. <laughs> ah, well, I'm going to upgrade it to a tasting <laughs> shop. Now, do you guys I'm going to take my brewery and make a brew pub. Yeah. Uh, there as well, or? Occasionally, yeah. We're, we're in the process of finding a new space right now where we can be a little more open to the public. Because mm-hmm. I think that's a really important way to connect people to the, the beverage they're drinking. Mm-hmm. And not just think of it as something that gets brewed at their local coffee shop, but there's actually a place where you know people are buying and sourcing and tasting and evaluating all these beans and it's it's a cool thing to see. So 
Well, that's the intention, definitely. We do teach a few classes here and there, kind of sporadically, like we have a brewing class and an espresso class. And Was there anything you'd like to advertise between now and the 15th of February? <laughs> well, if anyone's doing anything on Wednesday, or not doing anything on Wednesday, <laughs> I am teaching a, a coffee science and manual brewing class. So if you can, coming well, time lord, that's, you can... It's February 1, that's when it's getting lost. Oh, okay. that, that, happened a, that happened a few days ago. Well, you know... Um, fantastic. It was, <laughs> did you guys learn so much? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like... But there is a... We have a calendar online of events, and we try to do about three or four a month. Okay. Classes oh, and things like that, yeah. Because, so. I mean, even though I know intellectually the process... It, that coffee does not spring like fully formed into into containers. No, it does. <laughs> it actually does. Wow, feel, that's the big. I secret. feel like I've now wasted my life. <laughs> Everything behind it's it's a it's a bean I bought and maybe ground or grounds I bought and brewed is a mystery. I know stuff yeah. happened. It's the magical thing that you right. have in your cupboard. And well, then you, you forget yeah. there's an extra step beyond that, which is where the coffee was grown. Somewhere halfway around the world, you mm-hmm. know, by a by a, a farmer and his man, family. You know. The deuce, you say! <laughs> and all of our coffee is fair trade, which means that all the farmers are paid properly, <clears throat> living wages, you know, for their region and stuff like that. So we are definitely responsible on a lot of those things. Because, like, I mean, when you do break it down dollar for dollar, like, when you go and you buy a $4 cup of coffee at, at, a, at a coffee shop, that's because that cup of coffee costs $4. Like, there's not a lot of profit actually being made on that. It's paying the barista for their time, but then, like, the bean roasting and whatnot, you know, mm-hmm. takes money and time to do all that, and then where the bean comes from, you know, travel and all that. It's, it's one of those things, like, I'm definitely learning that, like, the value of that bean is, it's, 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 uh, it's a luxury. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I've always wanted to have pirate trade coffee where, you know. Yeah. I sail a ship up and, and take your take your, your, your <laughs> it would coffee. taste so much better if you take, stole it, wouldn't it? Take your coffee booty. <laughs> well, on that mm-hmm. note, yeah. on that note, I think what we need to do is we need to, to put a coffee shop on Lake Minnetonka. <laughs> make it the pirate. It's, it's just it's just a floating shop. You got to boat yeah. out to it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it would totally go over. It's super it, awesome in the summer. It totally yeah. would. That's, yeah. And then, and then, I mean, then it would be an ice in an winter. Ice fishing. I, winter, it could yeah. have like reindeer pulling it, and you'd be I, like, I, "Oh, <laughs> oh, you want I, some I, coffee?" In Lake Minnetonka, you'd make bank. Yeah, ideas, copyright. Hark! I hear the coffee. You hear that, Lazarchan? You can't steal this idea. Ding 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 ding. Yeah. All right, it's very coffee miss. <laughs> so, what, what, one more thing before we toast out, and uh, you should you should give your uh, URL for people who want to order can. Uh... Yeah, that's not too hard to find. Um, TrueStoneCoffee.com. You can sign up for the classes there. Or you can uh, buy uh, buy twelve ounce bags of beans or two pounds if you're feeling wild. You can follow us on Facebook. You can even go to some of the shops and what I know. Uh, Dayblock Brewing, they do a awesome coffee porter, a beer that they brew with our coffee. And so, like, that's definitely something to, to try if, you, if you're in the neighborhood of Dayblock. Cool. True Stone Coffee. Coffee booze. Suck. True Stone. True Stone Coffee. You've seven people through three times. <laughs> So who, who's got a who's got a toast? I I, I don't know. I, I think Scott was saying something earlier about I got a toast. having something. I got a toast. Yeah. All right. Put put something in your put glass. Put some. Bad, bad luck. luck. You're right. Good call. It's even worse like to toast with water though. 
No, no, it's, it's worse to toast. See, this is why glass. I save some of that lovely uh, cold brew coffee. <clears throat> I would think yeah. Generally, this is a more of a birthday toast, but it was the first thing that popped into my head. So, um, may your coffin be made of a hundred-year-old tree that we plant tomorrow. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the fine people at True Stone Coffee, who were polite enough to guess with us, have also decided to offer listeners of this podcast a special deal. If you go to their website and use the coupon code SCOTCH, S-C-O-T-C-H, in all lowercase, you'll get 10% off your order. As far as I know and as far as uh, what they said, this coupon has no expiration date. So please feel free to use it early and often. Thanks again to Truestone for that generous offer.